0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning... And looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you imagine the chutzpah Oh, you got to say it, chutzpah, right? <laughs> the chutzpah of Peter to rebuke the one that he had just confessed to be the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. Peter is all like, hey, Jesus, come over here for a minute. Come over here. You know, me and the guys have been talking we're not so sure, no offense, we're not so sure that you've interpreted this whole Messiah thing right. See, I'm referring, of course, to, to this talk of your suffering and death. You know, Sure, yes, we need a Savior. And you're the guy. You're the Messiah, just like I said. But you've got the wrong idea. How are you going to save us by dying? <laughs> you've got to think positive, Jesus. Don't let those Pharisees get you down. We need you. You're the Messiah, and we need our Savior alive. When I say Savior, I have teacher in mind, kind of like Moses, only better. You know, show us the way. Uh, Show us how to live better. Illumine our consciousness. uh, And to be able to follow the law of the Lord, give us the eight clear steps, to living our best life now. And we'll follow them. Uh, That's the salvation we need, really. And that certainly doesn't require you to die. Uh, How would your dying benefit anyone? Okay, okay, I see it in your face. You're not too keen on the idea. So just hear me out, here's another one. King Jesus. Let's head to Jerusalem with you at the head of a mighty army. We'll set you up on a donkey, just like David, your ancestor, right? You know, we'll rock it old school. We'll, we'll put down palms strewn along the path. We'll take the shirts off our back. We'll sing your praises. And, you know, by the end of, let's say, a week, you'll have kicked out the Romans and you'll be crowned king. Oh. Just imagine. Now that's the kind of savior we need. Save us from our oppressors. And once you have some real estate there in Jerusalem, you can really begin to reign. But the key to all this, Jesus, is you've got to stay alive. No more of this morbid, nobody likes me, I'm going to die talk. You've got a good thing going here. Don't blow it. To which Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. It certainly took some chutzpah for Peter to rebuke the one that he had just confessed to be the Messiah. But let's be honest here, Peter wasn't saying anything that the rest of the disciples weren't thinking or us for that matter. Oh, don't give me that face. Oh, pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. Please. Every single one of us, had we been there that day to hear Jesus say that he was going to go to Jerusalem and die, every single one of us would have said the same thing as Peter and as everybody else was thinking. None of us, Is very interested in a Savior who dies, a Messiah whose power is displayed in weakness, a King whose crown is composed of thorns. We wonder with Peter and the others is it really necessary that you go through all this? Is it as bad as all that? Can't the saving be done with a little bit of rehabilitation, kind of like remedial catechism, a Sunday school uh, for the summer school? <laughs> you know, we think, Jesus, all you need to do is pick us up, dust us off, set us on the right path and get us going, give us the little nudge we need in the right direction, and we'll be all right. Or alternatively, we like to think of our Savior as a therapist, someone who will listen to us, give us some helpful feedback, walk us through the difficult experiences that we've had, give us some strategies for coping. We could get behind that idea of a Savior, We turn up our noses, though, at the sound of a Savior who is going to experience suffering and rejection and death. Even if, because we know that Good Friday was followed by Easter Sunday, we can then come to terms somehow with Jesus' suffering and rejection and death, nevertheless, we still have trouble Stomaching Jesus' statement that a cross is emblematic of the life of those who would be his followers. Jesus, we say, give us more of this talk of, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This talk of denying ourselves, taking up our crosses, losing our lives. It's unsettling, Jesus. Jesus. We can get on board with Jesus talking about us saving our lives. It's the losing our lives that we get mighty uncomfortable with. We think to ourselves, we don't need to gain the whole world. We just want some time with our families and health. Because if you haven't your health, what have you got? And speaking of health, a healthy bank account without the government dipping its fingers in too much or or the church coming around and asking for money too often or our neighbors coming around with their hands out for handouts. And really, we just want peace. To be left alone with, uh, to do as we wish. And to be thought of well by all. We want everybody to have uh, a good feeling when they think of us. A reputation preserved. Those are the kind of things that we need, but that's it. And Jesus rebukes us, just as he rebuked Peter. Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them, the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. Those words are more descriptive of us than we would like to admit. And so Jesus rebukes us, perhaps to make us ashamed of our sin, but shaming us won't take our sins away or deal with the inevitable consequence of our sins, death. Only Jesus' death can do that. And so Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem, there to suffer, to be rejected, and to die. And he did it to save you. It isn't how we would have scripted it. We'd have, like the disciples, objected until the last possible moment and then fled in fear. But thanks be to God, Jesus wasn't going to be deterred by the rebuking of his disciples or anything that they put into his way, nor by the wiles of the devil who would deter him. So, yes, Jesus is a great teacher who teaches you how to deny yourself, who teaches you how to deal with suffering that comes your way, and who teaches you to abandon all of your efforts at self-help and your illusion of being able to save yourself. And yes, kind of like a therapist, Jesus is present always to listen to us, to hear our cries and to help, but not with strategies and tools. No, rather with his precious blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Yes, Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior. He died for your sins. And nothing less than his death would have accomplished your salvation. But what's more, nothing less than your death can make you able to follow him. That's what Jesus is talking about when he says, take up your cross, your death. But lest that seem too daunting, he's accomplished that for you too in holy baptism where you were buried with Christ into a death like his. As St. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, if we have died with Christ speaking of holy baptism, we believe that we will also live with him. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members as, to sin as ra- instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. In holy baptism, you were brought from death to life. Your old sinner nature Died and was buried with Christ in the waters of baptism, and by his word you were declared to be a child of God, and you were raised up out of those waters from death to life. And now, St. Paul says, Consider yourselves now dead to sin and alive to righteousness. He says, Present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Instruments of righteousness. In the hands of a surgeon, a knife can save a life. In the hands of an artist, a paintbrush can create a picture that opens up whole new ways of understanding the world for those who view it. In the hands of a brick mason, a trowel can spread the mortar that will build a wall to provide a house or his neighbors. On their own, a knife, a paintbrush, a trowel can do nothing, but in the hands of a master, surgeon, artist, mason, they can serve the neighbor and be of some earthly good. Likewise, we on our own can accomplish nothing but as instruments of righteousness in the hands of a master. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I ask you, consider this day how you will be an instrument of righteousness in the hand of God this week. How might your master, your savior, Jesus, serve your neighbor through you? In the name of Jesus, amen.